0: Would you stand with me, please, out of honor of the word of the Lord? I'd like to read one verse of scripture to you. It's in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I want to teach you something today. Heaven, Heaven's not that far away. Heaven's not that far away. God bless you. You may be seated. (laughs) Psalms 19 is a very unique um, chapter in many ways. Um, It is one of my mother's favorite chapters and uh, she quotes it to me quite often. But in 19, Of Psalms and verse 1, it says this the heavens declare the glory of God. Not heaven, singular, heavens. The heavens declare the glory of God. And there's an interesting verse that I think goes along with this. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 2. Paul said, I knew a man in Christ. It was over for above, it was over 14 years ago. Whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knows. Such an one was caught up to the third heaven. So now this is conjecture on my part, okay? I, I, I can't prove this. But my question is. Where was he 14 years ago? He's obviously talking about himself. I think the answer to that is in chapter 14 of the book of Acts. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul drew him out of the city supposing he had been dead. Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city. (laughs) And the next day, departed with Barnabas and obviously Luke, who never mentions himself, to Derbe. I'm not, I, I, I don't know the pace. I don't know how often it happened. But it is quite obvious at that time. They stoned people. death and uh, so I'm just assuming this is not the first time this has happened in other words these people have probably got a little bit of history stoning people they thought he was dead he might not have been dead but people that did the stoning thought he was dead I think this is what he's talking about in Corinthians. Over 14 years ago, I was in a place where I don't know if I was alive or dead. I, I, I don't know. God knows. But he said, it was at that time I went to the third heaven. Now, John went into a lot of description in the book of Revelation. Paul didn't. Paul said... I saw things that I'm not allowed to tell you about. It was unlawful to utter is how it's written. When you read further in Corinthians, he said, I I have been beaten by the Jews five times, 40 stripes save one. So, now, my mom's here somewhere, isn't she? Now, now, now she used a fly swatter, um, a yardstick, uh, a switch. Sometime, one time, she used a razor strap on me. I survived. And uh, I'm not talking about a spanking. I'm not talking about what I got when I was a kid. Five times 40 is 200 minus five. He's got 195 scars on his back. And when he said three times, I was beaten with rods. They they, they took your shoes off and they beat your feet until the tarsals, the connective rubber bands in your feet were Basically, broke. I'm convinced this guy hobbled. I I don't believe Paul walked upright. I think this guy lived with pain every day of his life. It doesn't surprise me that he's got Luke with him. Luke's a doctor, he needs a doctor with him. He said, There were times when we had food and I chose not to eat. That's called a fast. Although, as you know, there's nothing fast about a fast. It ought to be called a slow because everything goes really, really slow. (laughs) And he said, there were times we had food I chose not to eat. There were other times I wanted to eat and there wasn't anything to eat. He said, I've been in fastings and I've been in hungerings. Night and a day I spent treading water when the ship sunk. He was bitten with a snake one time. He talked about all the perils that he was in. One time they had to let him over the wall in a basket because people wanted to kill him. When you read Acts chapter 9, when Saul was his conversion on on the Damascus Road in Acts chapter 9, the Lord chose an old gentleman by the name of Ananias. And he said, this is what I want you to do. Uh, he, He asked him to go pray for Saul. And he said, you mean that guy... That's, that's killing people and putting people in prison? And he said, he's praying now. He's praying now. He said, I want you to go talk to him and explain to him all the things he's going to have to suffer for my name. So going into it, Saul of Tarsus, or who most people know as the Apostle Paul, knew there was a price. But he knew from the beginning He was going to Rome. And that's why when you read his writings, it was like he was, I've always believed that I am indestructible until Jesus is done with me. And I, like you, have had several times in my life when I should have died, and I was spared, spared for a purpose. Paul was just the same way. He knew he was going to Rome. He knew it from the beginning. And it didn't matter what they did to him, he knew, I'm not in Rome yet. So somehow, I'm going to get through all this. And, and he said he was caught up to the third heaven. Now, ladies and gentlemen, reason dictates if there's a third heaven, there's got to be a first heaven and there has to be a second heaven. And all of you, I'm assuming, know the very first verse in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. When you go down to verse number 8... it it will say that he called that firmament heaven. The word firmament simply means space between. So the space between the water that's on the earth from the water that was in the clouds above the earth. The firmament he called heaven. But Psalms 19 said there are heavens, heavens. I'm convinced and I agree with the Apostle Paul that there are at least three heavens. I believe the first heaven is the atmosphere that is around this earth. It is so real, it is so real that when space rockets, the space shuttle, they used to have the Mercury and then the Gemini and then the Apollo and now you've got you know the other attempts by Richard Branson and And Bezos and Elon Musk. Elon Musk said several months ago, I intend to take the word fiction out of the phrase science fiction. And um, it's pretty fascinating what these people are doing. But when you take something, it's called go, no go. this, This earth is spinning about a thousand miles an hour to the east. And so if you take off... At a certain point, let's say Cape Canaveral in Florida. If you take off and you go through the atmosphere into what we call outer space. And you want to come back. That's why, you ever heard that thing, T minus 10 and counting, you know. And then that, that means from the from the exact time that that thing has to be launched. Why is there that countdown, 10, 9, 8, You know, boom. Why? Because it is so precise that you have to take off at a certain time from a certain place to go up there, do what they need to do, and then come back. Because it's coming back that's tough. Because these, when you there's an elliptical orbit you know this is why satellites many times don't fall because they're 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 in what's known as a geosynchronous orbit they're going around the earth very 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 fast so they don't fall that's that's ellipse but then there's something called parabolic which kind of looks like an egg that's that's what happens when the space shuttle wanted to come back they got to slow this thing down and when i say slow <laughs> It's 17,500 miles an hour. That's how slow they're going when they hit the atmosphere of this earth. And it's so precise because if they're 50, 50 miles off and they're going to, to, if they, there's a window, it's about 17 miles square. If, if they, if they come in too steep, then that's, that's, that, that orbiter, that, that, that spacecraft will crumple when it hits the atmosphere of our earth because it's so dense. It'd be like dropping a watermelon out there on a sidewalk. That's what happens if they come in too steep. If they come in too shallow, they will glance off the atmosphere of this earth and be headed towards an orbit around the sun. It's very, very precise about what's going on. There, there is a, a firmament. There is an atmosphere. I believe the atmosphere around our earth is the first heaven. I'm convinced what most people refer to heaven is what the Bible refers to as the new Jerusalem. It is the throne of Jesus Christ himself. And the Bible gives great, great, great distinction and an enormous detail about the new Jerusalem. It's not a myth. It's not a zephyr. It is real. It is real. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. The Bible refers to the heaven of heavens. I think that's what we're talking about. But there's a second heaven. There's a second heaven. I'm convinced the first heaven is where the birds and the planes fly. I'm convinced the second heaven is where the stars live. Where the galaxies we would call it the universe. And the third heaven is is the New Jerusalem. I I I I when you get into the word of the Lord, there, there are powerful, powerful truths about this. I think the first heaven you see by day, the second heaven you see by night, and the third heaven you see by faith. Okay? And 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 I've I've always From a very young age, I had an encounter with an angel. And uh, there are are a lot of people that agree with me because they've had similar experiences. There are other people that say I'm full of prunes and ate too much pizza. But I learned a long time ago, you can't prove a negative. You can only prove a positive. In other words, no one is ever going to be able to convince me this didn't happen to me. It happened to me. My mother's here. She will attest to what I'm telling you. I was in a car with my mother and my pastor and his wife. And they were hit by a drunk a drunk uh, driver. And uh, um, they were all taken to the hospital. I was convinced they were all dead. They took me to my grandmother's house. Her name was Mina. And she put me in, this, in her bed and, I, and she left me alone. As soon as she left, there's this man standing by me. And he never said one thing to me. I just kept jabbering away. I'm sure I was probably traumatized by what I'd seen, possibly in some kind of shock. All I know is with like nonverbal communication, the longer I talked to this man, I started settling down. And I wasn't frightened anymore. My grandmother heard me talking animatedly in her bedroom. And I still remember the door bursting open. And she said, Harold, Eugene, who are you talking to? And I said, the man, Grandma. Where did the man go? My grandmother, who always had a very, very deep prayer life, sensed the afterglow. Of what was in that room and was on her knees. And she came to the my bed and she said, Oh Harold, what's God gonna do with you, son? She said, That was your angel, Harold. He will be with you for the rest of your life. And in your darkest moments, he'll be there. When I was Nineteen years old, I got into a power struggle between two very, very powerful men. And um, I, I, I found an abandoned apartment. I broke in the door and I went in there and I stayed for two days. Somewhere in the middle of the night, the room lit up. And I felt this hand on my shoulder. And I, I, I covered my head. And people say, why didn't you look? I, I just knew I was in the presence of something very, very holy. And it was the first time in my life, I guess, I had a, what you would call a vision. And I saw what was going to happen to these men. And uh, one of them told me, I will make it my mission in life that you never preach in a Pentecostal church. I will tie a tin can to your tail and you'll drag it for the rest of your life. And he said, and I've got the power to do that. But he died. And I'm still preaching. And God spared me. I had an encounter in Mexico when I was diving and Two people that were with me died, and I, I was, I was, I had a nitrox tank. If you know anything about scuba diving, you have, what we would call air, but then you get something called enriched air, which is called nitrox. It's got more nitrogen in it, so you don't get headaches like, you do. And the problem with it is, after 130 feet, nitrox turns into a poisonous gas, and and I, I went in. I wanted to see a whale shark. whale shark is like the the holy grail of scuba diving. And I'd never seen one. And I knew they were off the point of this island where I was. And so two people went ahead of me. And the man with me said, "Um, I'm going to go in there. If the current's right, you can follow me. But if the current's not right, we're not going. And you're still paying me. And I said, okay. And so he jumped in. And he was gone for a few moments. And he came up and he said, <clears throat> it 's okay, come on, so I went and and i was I was about eighty feet, and I was drifting along a wall and and the current it was very, very strong, but it was very stable, and I was drifting along this face of this mountain and I turned around to look into that vast blueness, hoping maybe just maybe this was my day I was going to see a whale shark and i and and all of a sudden, I can't clear my ears, and, and I'm, it's getting darker, and, and I'm getting cold. And I looked at my depth gauge, and I was at 160 feet. And I went from 80 to 160 feet in just a matter of moments. I turned around, and there's no wall there. I'm, in just, I'm just in blue is all it is, deep, dark blue. And I can hear the guide that I had hired banging his knife on his tank's. Trying to warn me. And it's the only time I've ever dumped all my weights. If you know anything about diving. You have lead and weights. And and I dumped all of my weights. And I filled this bladder. thing called a BC. A buoyancy compensator. I filled it full of air. And kicked with everything that I had. And I got to the top. And I. He said now. Do you understand why this place is so dangerous? And then. All of a sudden, there's a, a Coast Guard helicopter above us. And the two people that went in ahead of me, they never did find them. They were gone. And God spared me. God spared me. I was in Atlanta working on a house. And I was cutting, I would just put a brand new carbide blade on a, on a, a skill saw. I was cutting a piece unwisely. I was cutting a piece of pressure treated wood like this. And it hit a knot and the saw went, wham, like that in a moment. It should have cut my whole arm off. And and it happened so fast that the guard didn't even have time to kick back and cover the blade. It just wham, and it stopped and it, I didn't feel anything. And it, it seemed so strange to me. And I looked and my thumb was in the saw. And and I, I pulled the guard back from the saw and pulled my thumb out of the saw and looked at my hand and. And I, so I got a drywall bucket and I'm I'm bleeding of course and I went to the guy I was with a man named Scott Johnson and I said you need to take me to the hospital I, I, I hurt myself when he saw it he's freaking out and uh, he had a little igloo cooler with his lunch in it he dumped it out he had a little plastic bag with some ice cubes and we took my thumb and put it in the bag with the ice cubes and we're On our way to the hospital, 8 o'clock on Monday morning in Atlanta. You've got six lanes going each way, total gridlock. And in the middle of that gridlocked traffic at 8 o'clock in the morning, he ran out of gas. And and we're there in the middle of all that, and, and I'm bleeding, and he's losing it. And all of a sudden, a man pulls beside of us in a brown Mercury marquee. He knocks on the window. We thought he was mad because we weren't moving. And he, was, he just threw his keys to Scott and said, take him to the hospital now. And so he, Scott took me to the hospital. So when we got there, they took me straight into surgery. And I don't know how long it was between that and recovery. But when I was in recovery and I came to, Scott was there. And I said, Scott, who was the God? And he said, oh, Brother Hoffman, this is crazy. He said, I never gave him my name. He never gave me his name. I never told him which hospital we were going to because there's 13 hospitals in that part of Atlanta. He said, but when they took you into surgery, I, I, I went back to the Mercury. But he said, the Mercury was gone and the Jeep was there full of gas where I left the Mercury. So if you ask me, Angels Drive, 1978 Brown Mercury Marquis. I, I, I do, I believe that, I believe that. The Bible said sometimes you entertain angels and you don't even know. I've experienced that and I think some of you have as well. And, and it's, it, it is a powerful experience because I really strongly believe in angels. And when you get into Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about an innumerable company of angels. There's a lot of them. Okay? And, and it says they're ministering spirits. And, and so I, I did homework on this. And, and there, are, there are beings in the Bible known as angels. There, there is something in the Bible known as a cherubim. Um, one time, one time in Isaiah chapter 6, there's the word seraphim. Which means the ones who are above. But then there's something very unique. I'll I'll read two verses to you. This is 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of, I've heard it said ark. It's not ark. Watch how it's spelled. It's arch. With the voice of the archangel. And with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Here's Jude, verse nine. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, disputed about the body of Moses. Now, this is how I'm trying to explain this to you. In the same way that there's a bishop and there's an archbishop, I'm convinced there are angels and there are archangels. We have the name of three angels in the Bible. Again, this is conjecture. I can't prove this, but it's what I believe. I believe that angels were divided into thirds. The reason I believe that is because of Revelation 12. One time in the Bible, he is referred to as Lucifer. We would know him probably as Satan or the devil, the enemy of your soul. But in Revelation 12, it says the dragon, that serpent, the devil, his tail drew a third of the stars when he fell. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 20, it said the stars are the angels. I believe that when Lucifer fell, he took his third with him. We have another angel by the name of Michael. Michelle, however. Four times in the Bible, Michael is referred to. In every instance when Michael is referred to, he's in a battle. I, I, you've got another angel by the name of Gabriel. Every time you read about Gabriel, he's bringing message. He's bringing word. Um, When you study Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, you've got to study Ezekiel chapter 28 and Isaiah chapter 14. There are a few others scattered in Jude and Revelation. But when you deal with him, he is referred to as the anointed angel that covered He is also referred to as his tabrets and his pipes. When you get into Hebrew, it means organs and percussion instruments. When you deal with an orchestra, Satan is capable of replicating every every instrument in the orchestra with the exception of one. He cannot replicate a trumpet. A trumpet is reserved for the king of kings. Satan cannot replicate the sound of a trumpet. But it talks about his tablets and his pipes. These stones that he was covered with. A couple years ago, I I gave you what I felt was an amazing message. Because when you study the the priest in the Old Testament, he had a, 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 a breastplate on him. And he had 12 stones. But when you study Satan, he only had nine stones. He's missing three stones. And when you do your homework, it's the three tribes who were on the west of the tabernacle. I don't have time to preach that message to you again, but I used to preach a message called the flaw at the western flank because here's a he's got he's got an opening. He's got a chink in his armor. There is a way that you can get past him and 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 through him. And 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 I I I, I he's stripped of all of this, but there's one thing that Satan has kept down through time and that's The voice, he still has this amazing, subtle, alluring voice. This description, the historic description of Satan is a red union suit and a bifurcated tail and and a pitchfork. I wish he did look like that. I wish he did have the ability to scare you when you saw him. But it it doesn't work like that. It said he can even make himself to look like an angel of light. He can make himself appear to be one of the good guys. And, and 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 I I am convinced I am convinced that Michael's got a third, Gabriel's got a third, and Lucifer's got a third. In the mount of prayer in Matthew chapter six, Jesus said this: "Thy will be done in earth, as it is in heaven." When you bypass and go back to the original heaven. I am convinced that Satan is the worship leader. He's what I guess we would call the choir director. He's over the music and he's over the worship of the Most High. When you deal with Gabriel, every time Gabriel is mentioned, he's bringing a message. When you deal with Michael, every time he's in a battle, it's a demonstration of warfare. I am convinced that when Satan fell, he took the choir with him. I've heard it said for years that when Jesus was born, the angels sang. It's not what it does. Read the book of Luke. And when Jesus was born, the angels said, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. It's, I, when I, years ago, they may still have it, but when, years ago, they used to have a comic strip called Far And I remember seeing two deer in the newspaper right before deer season. And one of them had a big bullseye on his chest. And the other deer was looking at him and he said, bummer of a birthmark, dude. Bummer of a birthmark. This is why I think every one of you, as I know as a pastor, 90% of problems are on these platforms. We are very blessed to have unified Uh, Worship team in this church, but I, it hasn't always been that way. And I'm telling you, I've been in hundreds of churches and I've been in lots of places and I'm telling you it's, it's up here. This is because if you're involved in music or worship, I'm telling you, you got a giant bullseye on your chest because Satan hates you because you have taken his place. That's why the Bible said when the church is raptured and they sang a new song, heaven is going to get her choir back when the church makes up the void that was created when Lucifer fell with those, with those beads. It'll be, com- it'll be complete again. This is why praise and worship is so far. This is why with the exception of the spirit of the Lord, there's only one thing on the earth that didn't come from here. And that's music. Music came from heaven. Music is a God thing, ladies and gentlemen. And if you do deal with, deal with young people at all right now, it's huge in their life. And it can be used for good and it can be used for other purposes. This is why worship and praise and it's, it's, it's so vital and so powerful and, and, and we're doing the best we know how to incorporate that in, in, in what we do in, in our worship services. because I, I, I am completely and absolutely convinced that, that, that when you when you look at it's not the garden of Eden, it's the garden in Eden. Eden, was much bigger than just the garden. And when you study the scripture, that, that word is introduced at the beginning. You don't ever read that word again. By the time you get to the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis, it is now known as the Plains of Shinar. The Plains of Shinar. That should mean something to you because that's the place where the first skyscraper was ever attempted to be built. What it, we refer to as the Tower of Babel. Where the Lord confused the tongues. And, 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 and if you've ever seen the pyramids in Egypt, they look beautiful from far away. But if you get up close to the pyramids in, in, in Egypt, they look like they've had deep acne scars. It's, it, they're, not, they're not nice and, 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 and flush and smooth. It's, it's, it's obvious that through the years, things have been burglarized. Things have been swiped. Now from about this, you're talking about, I I forget how, I think it's 14 million different stones are in one of those pyramids. So you get away from it and, and it's still got that beautiful, you know, appearance. But when you get up close, it's not smooth like that. Why? Because other pharaohs swiped stones from their predecessor to build their pyramids. It's just free building material. It's like going down the road, and all of a sudden the truck drops off two giant loads of tuba fours and tuba sixes for free. This is this is what Babel is. The ruins of the Tower of Babel are the building materials for what are known as the walls of Babylon. One of the seven wonders of the ancient world, the hanging gardens of Babylon. And it's the same place: Eden, Shinar, Babylon, and then you find something known as the Medes and the Persians. What were the Medes? Who were the Babylonians? This is the ancient name of modern day Iraq. What is Persia? It's the ancient name of modern day Iran. It is not by chance that those two countries are still a pain in the backside to this planet. Why? Because it was on that piece of real estate where Satan established a beachhead. I've traveled all over the world through the years, and I have learned that Satan is territorial. Satan is geographical. It's why in a church, people fight for position. It's why when I go in the woods, I never see a red bird that wants to be a raccoon. I've never seen an oak tree that wanted to be a maple tree. I've I've, I've never seen a squirrel that wants to be a white tailed deer. Because you find something in nature that too often you don't find in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. In nature, you find something known as completion. But in the kingdom, too often, you find something known as competition. That's why it says, In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not, see, there, there there are words in the Bible that are only used one time. I was taught all my life, you get to go to heaven and have a mansion. You get to get to Now, that's real appealing to a hillbilly boy, because we didn't have that much when I was a kid. But man, I, I'm going to get it. One day, I'm going to get a 28 star motel suite. Okay, that's what I was taught. But that, that, that word is only used one time in the Bible. Just like the word chickens is only used one time in the Bible, or the word success is only used one time in the Bible, or the word Lucifer is only used one time in the Bible. Would you want to try to prove to me he doesn't exist? See, I, I've, you know, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And, and that's what, and I, I believe it's really great to have secondary sources. But let me explain something to you Jesus Christ doesn't have to say it three times. He's the boss. He's the king. All he's got to do is say it once. And if he... There used to be an old saying in Pentecost, Jesus said it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, this is what I do with that. Jesus said it, and that settles it, regardless of what you believe. All right? And, and, and what, you, what you have to wrap your mind around and understand is, 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 is there's... The, the Bible said there was war... There was war in heaven. Look, look, at, look at Matthew chapter 16. This is Jesus has now been with his disciples about two years. And he said, who are they saying I am? Well, some people say, so you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah. If you're not Elijah, you're one of them prophets. And then he, 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 he just ups, ups up the amperage. He goes from 110 to 220. And he said, now what about you? Who do you think I am? And Peter famously said, You're the Christ. You're the Christos. You're the Messiah. Mashiach. You're the anointed one. a boy, Pete. He said, you didn't get that because you went to Bible school. Flesh and blood didn't reveal that. I don't care if you do belong to Mensa. And your IQ is above a buck thirty. That's not brains right there. That's revelation, boy. You got, you got revelation. And then he said... From this point on, you will not be known as Simon, but you are going to be a stone. You're going to be Cephas. I'm going to give to you the keys of, not two, but I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Listen to what Jesus said to Simon Peter. He said, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, if there's only one heaven and the Lord's throne is in that one heaven, then please tell me why he needs Pete's help to be able to bind anything or loose anything. We're talking about another realm. We're talking about another strata. We're talking about the second heaven, that thing between where you and I are right now and where he is on the throne right now. That's why in the book of Daniel, Daniel set himself to fast and pray. And after three weeks, Gabriel finally came to him and said, from the first day that you set yourself to fast and pray, I was sent with your message. That explains Jacob's ladder, which other churches translation, call it a staircase. He said angels were going up and angels were coming down. Listen to me. This is not monologue. This is dialogue. There is traffic between earth and heaven. Jacob saw it. I believe it very strongly. I believe that when you pray, angels take your request up and angels bring your answers down. Daniel experienced that, but in a unique way, because Gabriel told him from the first day that you set yourself to fast and pray, I was sent with your message. However, the prince of Persia withstood me. And then my friend, Michael, came and beat the living tar out of this dude and pushed him out of the side like like some big linebacker. He got him out of the way so I could run around him and here I'm three weeks late, I know. But there was war going on between your prayer meeting and where I came from. This is real, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Would you quit fighting with your brother and quit fighting with your sister? You need to identify the real enemy. You need to understand. Quit dealing with effect and deal with cause. Jesus cursed the root, not the fruit. Amen. Let's deal with what's going on here. I'm telling you, you got a weak friend who's being manipulated by the enemy of your soul. Quit fighting with that brother or that sister. Get a place in prayer and understand they're just not weak enough. They're not strong enough rather to handle what... I learned a long time ago as a parent, if Satan couldn't get to my wife or an I, if Satan couldn't get to me or my wife, he would try to get to me through my kids. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, watch, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in High places. That's a very unique word in Ephesians 6 and 12 because five times in the book of Ephesians, it's the same original Greek word. Four times it's translated heavenly. I read one of those to you in my text today, heavenly places. That is the same word translated high in Ephesians. So in other words, it's grammatically correct to say, Against principality, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in the heavenlies. People say Satan's in hell. No, he's not, dummy. He's loose. He's loose. He's loose. Roving to and fro throughout the earth. Oh, I wish. oh Jesus name. Princip- what is a, you gotta it, That's King James Bible. Okay. That this is old Middle English text. A principality is, is, is what Michigan would call a township. It's what Louisiana would call a parish. Satan's territorial, he, he has defined pieces of real estate, and he sets spirits over those pieces of real estate. And then you have a power. The Queen of England just was buried. She'll be buried tomorrow in a very elaborate ceremony. But if you know any... See, our problem is we are a republic and and we've never had a queen and we've never had a king. But when you deal with the kingdom of Jesus Christ, it is not a republic. It's not majority rule. He's the boss. We're the applesauce, okay? We're his servants. I'm sorry to tell you this. and, And it's not with all this woke foolishness that's going on in our schools right now. But the word for servant is doulos, best translated slave. I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. He's my master. He I'm just I'm just telling you that's the way it is. Now, if that rubs you roll tough, I can't help that. Because Jesus taught Nicodemus four things. You have to be born again. Everybody preaches that. You have to be born again. But everybody doesn't preach what God bless you, precious sisters. They're going to the work downtown Detroit. We love you. Appreciate your faithfulness. Believe God going with you. Because they they come to both services. They're not just bailing out on this one. And and, and Jesus taught Nicodemus four things. You've got to be born again. Every preacher preaches that. But every preacher doesn't preach what Jesus said next. You must be born of water and spirit. Because when you go back to that book of Genesis, water and spirit's there before anything else. I'm telling you, the whole book's water and spirit. The whole thing's about water and spirit. Jesus said, ye in me and I in you. What does that mean? Do you know in, Ephes- or in Hebrews chapter 6, it refers to the doctrine of baptisms? Not laying again the foundation of repentance or from, from dead works and faith toward God. And the doctrine of laying on of hands. And then it says, and of baptisms. Hebrews 6 and 2, plural, baptism. What are you talking about? The, but Jesus said, ye in me and I in you. He, how do you get in him? The Bible said, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof." why? If you live after the flesh, you're gonna die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of your body, you're gonna live. That's Romans chapter eight, all right? Watch, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you do that? This is what Paul said, as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So when you're baptized in water in the name of Jesus, you are putting him on. You are in him. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that's him in you. Ye in me through water (laughs) baptism, me in you through spirit baptism. All right? But there's more. There's three baptisms. There's three global baptisms in the Bible. What's the first global baptism? The flood. The flood in Genesis chapter 6. The flood. What's the next global baptism? The spirit on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. What's the third global baptism? The Bible said this earth is going to be renovated by fire. Do you know in Matthew chapter 20, the mother of James and John, it said the mother of James and John came unto Jesus, worshiping him, beseeching of him a certain thing. In other words, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, by the way, sound familiar? A lot of people treat, it's like Jesus works for Pizza Hut, you know? Hey, (laughs) I got six things down here and you got to do it in 20 minutes or less or I get it for free. We call this Sunday afternoon service. So who's serving whom? I know church needs to be a hospital. I get it. But man, if you're in the kingdom, we're here to serve him. Boy, I got a big response on that one, didn't I? Hey, Jesus, could I reserve this seat for Jim and this seat for John? Can I have these chairs on either? When you come into your kingdom and you're on your throne, can I have one boy at the right and one at the left? And this is what he said. Are they able to be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be? And she said, absolutely. Having no idea what she is talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, you must be born again of water and spirit. But I'm telling you this, every person's works are gonna be tried, even so as by fire. There's gonna be a baptism of water, a baptism of spirit, and a baptism of fire. That's why the Bible said, don't make it out of wood, hay, and stubble. Make it out of gold and silver and precious stones. Amen. Something that, 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 that the fire won't destroy. Amen. That the moth can't 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 chew up and get rid of all right and, and 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 this this is why jesus said you must be born again of water and spirit but watch what else he said in Genesis in john three if you're not born of water and spirit you're never going to see the kingdom and then he said if you're not born of water and spirit you're never going to be able to enter the kingdom this is, the, this is the solution or the revelation to why people come and are baptized in His name, filled with His Spirit, and they don't stick. They don't, we've baptized thousands of people in the last 30 years. Where are they? We're about to build a new temple. We couldn't build a building big enough to hold all the people that we baptized and seen filled with the Holy Spirit in the last 30 years. Where are they? Are you telling me their sins weren't remitted? Are you telling me they didn't get legitimate grade A Holy Ghost? I don't believe that for a moment. What I do know is, see, I was taught all my life, once you're baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, you're automatically in the kingdom. Jesus didn't teach that. Jesus taught, you're not even gonna see it until you're baptized in water and spirit. And then you're gonna have to make a choice. Am I gonna enter the kingdom way of life? I'll do the best I can, I love you, but I'm gonna tell you right now, and it's not in fine print, there is commitment involved in this thing. This is a lifestyle change. This is not just some weekend habit or hobby that you call Pentecost. This is a total different renovation of your thought life and the way you conduct your affairs. And if you don't want that, I love you, but go to one of them churches that'll just itch your ears. I'm not here to scratch your ears. I'm here to tell you and help you to understand something. That we have a mandate, a mandate. We have a, a, an obligation to bring heaven to earth. Years ago, Albert Einstein was giving a, uh, uh, one of his lectures at Princeton. See, you have to understand, Einstein was the one that, that talked about black holes with the theory of relativity. And, 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 and people said he was out of his mind. But you have to understand, you, you, you talk about stars. I, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the James Webb Space Telescope they just launched. And you want something cool? Get on, just Google that and find out how amazing this universe really is world without end. Oh, my God. It fascinates me. See, a new star is blue, but an old star is red. Our sun is a star. It's red. And according to the word, it's gonna detonate one day. It's gonna blow up because it's an old star. And when a star dies, I was a hillbilly kid and, and 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 we 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 had to figure out ways to entertain ourselves. We used to be able to buy something called an M80. I don't even know if you legally can buy them anymore. There's a quarter stick of dynamite. And we'd go and climb up on the railroad trestles over the higher river. Because the suckers and the carp always were in the shadows of the railroad trestles. And we'd get tuna fish cans and we'd put about 20 rocks, pebbles, in that tuna fish can. We'd light an M80 which has wax around the fuse so it can burn in water. We'd put the M80 in the tuna fish can, push the lid down, throw it off the bridge. And it's just quality entertainment for a hillbilly kid. you got 50 dead suckers down there, man. Who needs a pole to catch them one at a time? We could get them 50 at a shot. See, take a stick of dynamite and go down 500 feet in the ocean and light it off. For every action, there is an opposite and equal reaction. So when you're in the ocean, you have explosion. (laughs) But nature hates a vacuum. And so that water rushes back. That's implosion. Boom, boom. When the water rushes back to fill the void created by the detonation of the dynamite, the same thing happens in space. Space is a vacuum. Stars die. They're known as a nova. When a big star dies, it's called a supernova. When that thing blows up, kapow! and then those forces rush back together to fill the void created when the star detonated sometimes they come back together sometimes they skip they skip off of one another and they create this hoover vacuum cleaner in the sky and 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 einstein was teaching his class in princeton about black holes and he said if you would he had proved that light has weight that if if this glass of water was our earth and you could ramp up gravitation by a thousand times and I had a flashlight and I would shine it over the earth, the light would not go straight. It would bend. Because he, it's, it's, it's affected by the gravitational pull of that earth with a thousand gravities. And that's what he taught. He taught that light has weight. So when a star dies, it's such a powerful force that that star literally collapses in on itself and creates this massive, this, this, this attraction that not even light can get out. And he talked about, he told his students, if you by chance it would, would be, would happen to go past a black hole one day, it'd be like pulling the plug on your bathtub. Just like that. It said it would suck you in and turn you into a piece of spaghetti a thousand miles long. And one of his students said, Where would you go? And he stopped for a minute and he said, To another world. To another world. Let's say this piece of paper is is space, okay? I'm gonna draw a line. The line is time. Traveling through space, it's gonna take you this much time to get from this point to this point because the line follows the contour of the paper. You with me? But What happens if you do this? All of a sudden, point A, which was a long way from point B. is right together. Let me tell you what the Bible says. In the moment. In the twinkling of an eye. I don't know how far away the New Jerusalem is, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm telling you, bam! You're there. That's why Where in what in the world happened to Jacob when he said, this is the gate of heaven. What in the world happened to Saul of Tarsus in Acts chapter nine, when he's just self-righteously riding on the back of that horse and bam, he's in on that road. What in the world happened in Matthew 17 when Jesus took Peter, James and John up to that mountain and said, watch this and we beheld his glory. I'll tell you what happened. A little bit of heaven showed up on the planet. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, heaven ain't that far away. I'm telling you that we can see the, 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 this this is I think this is this is Macomb County. This is Michigan. I, I told this story to some of you. I, I I was homesick years ago. I was in Burma. And they call it Myanmar now. And I hadn't seen my wife for almost two months, and I I just missed her. I just I was homesick. I wanted to go home. And the and the the the, the, the superintendent of Burma, a man named Buaya, said, "Come, Broughman," and took me down for a stroll. And all of a sudden, we went left, and he just looked at me, put his Head right in front of me. How do you feel? And I said, I, I, I'm okay. He said, No, no. How do you do? You feel any different right now? And I go, Um, I'm. I'm. He said, Turn around. And I turned around, and there was this beautiful white Italianate mansion, and the stars and stripes were flying above that, above that mansion, and Marine Honor Guard. They wore chrome helmets over there. They were standing there at attention. On the front of that beautiful porch. And he said. This is the embassy of the United States of America. Pastor Hoffman. And he said by international law. You aren't in Burma right now. I knew you were homesick. So I took you home. Right now. You're in the United States. Paul understood this. When he talked to the Philippians. Our conversation is in heaven because Philippi is hundreds of miles from Rome, but they look like Romans. They dress like Romans. They act like Romans. It's a Roman satellite. Most people in Philippi had never been to Rome, would never go to Rome, but they were Roman citizens. So when Paul wrote to that Roman satellite company and he wrote to that church that was in Philippi, and he said, our conversation is in heaven. he knew ex- They knew exactly what he was talking about. I've never been to the new Jerusalem yet, but I'm a heavenly citizen right now. That's why I act the way I do. It's the way I talk the way I do. It's the way I dress the way I do. I am an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am not here to look like this world, act like this world, think like this world. I know the Bible said his ways on our ways and his thoughts on our thoughts, but it says in Philippians chapter two, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen, I'm telling you it's possible to get the mind of Christ. I'm telling you, it is possible to see things His way. I'm telling you that this is not Macomb County. This is the embassy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And heaven's laws ought to rule in this place right now. That's why I believe in healing. That's why I believe in the miraculous. Too many things go on in church that can be explained. I've told you for years, I want things to happen that nobody can explain. The only way that's going to happen is we have to sit, sit in heavenly place places they will be done here just like it is there it may happen in the music it may happen in the word but i'm telling you a real an original heaven it had some worship from lucifer it had some word from gabriel and it has some warfare and some demonstration from michael that's the blueprint for a perfect church service you've already had some worship i'm giving you some word in just a moment we're going to come around this altar let's see if this stuff works let's have a demonstration a demonstration Read Acts 17. Paul, one of the most educated people in that day, he goes to Mars Hill. And now I'm reading between the lines. But it's like, listen, you, you, you ignorant fishermen, you just stay back here. These aren't your kind of people. These are my kind of people. These, they got degrees. There's doctors here. Yeah, these are most educated people. You stay back here. Read Acts 17. He dips his tongue in a rainbow. And he talks about Stoics and Epicureans. And he's quoting all kinds of history and all kinds of poetry and all kinds of stuff. And he's absolutely, completely convinced he's going to win every one of them guys. And all of a sudden they go, that was real nice. Next. Thanks, preacher. If If you're ever in town, come back again. That was a really nice speech. Come here. Very next verse. Give it to me, Brian. Give me Acts 18 and verse 1. Acts 18 and verse 1. This is what it says. And Paul came to Corinth. And I know what he did there. Because this is what he said in the third chapter of the Corinthian letter. And I determined that my speech and my preaching... Was not going to be with enticing words of man's wisdom. Why? I just tried that in the last place. It didn't work. But this time, it's going to be in a demonstration of the power and the Spirit of God. Stand with me. Stand with me. Ladies and gentlemen. We cannot afford the luxury of having one dead church service. We cannot afford the luxury of having one place where we miss it. There are souls in the balance right now. Me, me, take all your farsing. It's just weighing in the balance. There are young people in this room right now. Destiny's in this room right now. In this room right now. We get there's stupid stuff in this room, right? Well, this is a church. Trust me, I, you all ought to pastor for three months, okay? And, and and go through all this crap and all this garbage and all this sewage that you got to go through. And 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 I bring your problems to church. I want people to bring their problems to church. But but the Bible said that he saved you. He he didn't save you in your sin. He saved you from your sin. For God's sakes, run! Come on, young man, flee youthful lust. How many people do I have in this room that got a porn problem? I'm sorry about this, but one out of every three Christian men have a a sexual addiction. A sexual addiction. You got that? You say, oh, not my boy. (laughs) Yeah, really. Then you ought to be where I am sometime. I'm not trying to humiliate anybody. I'm into deliverance. I'm into freedom. I want a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't want you to lose your kids. I'm after dads here. Dad's here. I'm looking for men, 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 men to be the priest of the home, men to be the worship leader. I love women. Thank God I I married a magnificent wife. All my boys have been girls, but I'm tired of it being sister so-and-so. That's the first one to give the tongues of interpretation. It's always a woman. That's the first on her feet. Come on. Come on, gentlemen. Where are you? America, listen to me. America America is weak because America has do you realize we are being led by less than 5% of the population of this country 5% of this population all the perversion and all the stupid stuff that's going on you know what malachi said let the bride come out of her closet now all the all the gays have been willing to do it they're not ashamed And the homosexuals and the lesbians and all that, they're not ashamed. Where's the Jesus people? Where's the church at? It's time for the church. I'm not talking about being mean. I'm talking about I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not going to let 5% of those perverts push me into a box that I've got to play make-believe with them. I'm not doing that. And the only way we're going to have that happen is we have to have powerful prayer meetings. Powerful church meetings. People that come together. Um, America's weak because she has weak churches. Churches are weak because they have weak families. Families are weak because they have weak or non existent fathers. If we can fix the dad problem, we can fix the family, we can fix the church, we might even fix this other thing. Amen. Come with me, Dad. Would the men come first here? I'm calling for men, I'm calling for dads right now. I'm not, I don't want to embarrass you, I'm not trying to embarrass you. I want your kids to see you go to the altar, I, w- I want your kids to see you raise your hand, I want your wife to see you lead your family to an altar today. I want you to come up here around this altar. We're supposed to sit in heavenly places. Not just a green bench. Not just a comfortable pew. This is supposed to be a heavenly place. And people come into this room, have no idea what's going on. The flesh said these people are crazy. The mind says, get out of here. But the spirit goes, whoa, wait, 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 wait. This is vaguely familiar to me I think this is where I came from would you take me back to where I came from would you take me back to God and his spirit bears witness with your spirit bypasses your mind bypasses your flesh and it's pulling on you right now it's the purpose of the church amen to create an atmosphere Jesus said if you lift me up I'll draw everybody you do the lifting I'll do the drawing so what are we going to do We're going to stay quiet here right now. Do you have to have all these people saying, give me a J and E and S and we're going to let them sing. But for goodness sakes, please don't just stand there and watch these people sing. Sing with them. Worship with them. Magnify God with them. There are people in this room right now in trouble, real trouble, but they're going to be lost if someone doesn't take the initiative to say, I want heaven on earth. I want Holy Ghost in, in sterling ice. I want something amazing and magnificent to be in the atmosphere of this place. Sing. Sing. Lord, yours be done. Lord, we pray your kingdom come. Not my, will, my will, but your God, yours be done. Be done. Yeah. May. Get anointed. The Bible said God turned the captivity of Joe when he prayed for his friends. Bless my brother. Bless my sister. Protect their, Protect their home. Protect their children. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.